Praise God. Praise God. If you have your Bibles for just a few minutes today, I just feel like God is coming to do something special. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. 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 The Bible speaks in Hebrews as the word being quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. The Greek word that is referenced there literally says two mouths. Two mouths. Does not mean that the word contradicts itself. It means it takes two mouths to make it effective, powerful. One mouth is that of God speaking. The other mouth is your mouth coming in unity with that spoken word. And that's what makes the word so powerful. It's not just that I declare it, but it's when I declare it, you begin to speak back the promises that that word has spoken to you. And in speaking that word, there is the confirmation of that word. There is the work of that word. And that's what we desire today more than anything. It is not by might... It is not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. None of us get the credit for what God wants to do. And so today I pray that you will help me as we help God do what he wants to do. That's the two-way working of God's Spirit. The book of Mark, chapter 10. I'm reading from the King James Version. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 46. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Sorry, sound man, I didn't get that to you, but they're quick. Look at that. Behold the word. And they came to Jericho, and as they as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, He began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. 
And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. And he casting away his garment rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Praise God. I I need the help of God and I need your help today. I want to talk to you about what a blind man knows. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The story of this man that we find here in Mark is found also in the book of Luke. Matthew records, I believe it was Matthew, that there were two blind men at Jericho. Some believe there were actually two different miracles that happened. Uh, I believe it was... Perhaps something uh, else, maybe there was more than one, uh, as Matthew pointed out, but Mark and Luke chose to focus on one of them. I don't know if that meant that uh, one did more than the other. That's not here or there. It's not really that important. But there is a wonderful lesson that can be taught us that the Spirit, I believe, would want to speak today. Because in this story, it paints a picture of the Spirit and the attitude of mind and the heart that an individual must have if you are going to experience the precious gifts of God that are open to you. You're going to have to understand that there is a certain spirit and a certain attitude of mind and a certain kind of heart condition to which the most precious gifts that God possesses are open. So indulge me for a few moments today as I help set the atmosphere of our text Jericho was a city of renown at that particular time. It was about 15 to 18 miles away from Jerusalem. And according to scholars, it was a very wealthy and important town. It lay in the Jordan Valley and it commanded both the approach to Jerusalem and the crossing of the Jordan River, which gave access to the land that was east of Jordan. It had a great palm forest, and it was world famous for its balsam groves, which perfumed the air for miles around. 
Its garden of roses helped also add to that unique atmosphere. Men call it the city of palms. Jewish historian Josephus said that it was a divine region. It was that wonderful, special place uh, in Palestine. The Romans carried its dates and balsam wood to worldwide trade and fame, and Jericho became the residence of many of the priests that worked in the temple and in the service of the Lord. There were, at that time, over 20,000 priests and Levites that were attached to the temple. And obviously they did not all serve at one time. Although at Passover they probably had most of them on hand. But they served in choruses or they served in shifts. And so when they were not uh, they were not working their shift, so to speak, at the temple. Many of those priests and Levites lived in this area and they probably made up part of the multitude that was following Jesus on that particular day as he passed through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. Now, you also have to understand that this is the last time he will pass through Jericho. He is headed to Jerusalem and the cross and the, the the resurrection. And so this was an opportunity that was passing and would never come again. And it was here that Jesus chose to come through on his way to his rendezvous with destiny in Jerusalem. He traveled with his disciples and along the way, there accumulated this great multitude of people. Thousands perhaps lined the streets. They say, according to historians, that the priests would, that, that were not working in the temple when there were certain seasons uh, when they went to Jerusalem to worship, that they would line the streets and they would encourage those who were going up to Jerusalem to worship And they say that it is very likely that those uh, men were part of that crowd that lined the ways as this entourage with Jesus made their way through Jericho on their way to Jerusalem. And it was in that atmosphere that we find this man named Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus uh, had an issue that was very common to that area according to Jewish historians. It was a malady that affected a large number of people, but he was blind. Everybody say he was blind. He was blind. He could not see. And so as a result of his blindness, most likely he became a beggar. And it was the custom of the beggars to line the streets at these opportune moments and beg. And that's how they survived. That's how they lived. And this man was there. He was there before Jesus came. He had come to his regular place. And uh, if you can understand me, he was waiting. He 
He was there ahead of time. He was there doing what he had done often. And it was there where he often came that he heard the tramp, tramp, tramp of the feet. And he heard the murmur of the crowd as it grew closer and closer. And he inquired, what, what is this? What's, what is going on here? And somebody turned perhaps nonchalantly and said to him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. All of a sudden, the senses of this man uh, were awakened and this individual who had become accustomed to begging by the side of the road and making his life uh, in that particular way, uh, something moved in him and he began to cry out. Uh, he, he, he used uh, his voice the best that he could and he lifted it up and above the crowd he cried, Jesus! Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And when he lifted his voice like that, as you can imagine, you know, Jesus is walking and teaching and the crowd is moving with him. And you've got this man in the background yelling, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And it's a little irritating because you can't hear what Jesus is saying for the noise of this blind man somewhere on the side of the road. And so some of them turned and said, you, you be quiet. You're, you're disturbing the atmosphere. And most people probably would have gotten their feelings hurt and take their bag and go home. I'm not going to stay around a church like that. Yeah, you don't have to clap. You don't have to say amen. I'm just telling the truth. You know I'm telling the truth. But instead of being offended, he was inspired. And the Bible said he cried out the great deal more. The word in the Greek, the first word for shout was a lifted voice. But the second word that is used for shout means that he literally lost his mind and started screaming, Jesus! Jesus! Thou son of David! Have mercy on me. And the Bible said, Jesus stops. You're going to get his attention when you get desperate. Not that the Lord has to be begged for anything. But sometimes we get so lazy, we just expect God to do everything. And we fail to understand that sometimes part of our miracle is in us getting engaged in order for God to work in our life. Somebody has to open a door. God could do a lot of things today, but some of you still have the door closed. Some of you need to reach out there and open that door and just leave it open and say, Lord, I don't know what you want to do in my life or for my family or for my marriage, but I want you to come on in. This man who was blind would not be silenced and he shouted 
the great deal more and he screamed and it was an ungovernable emotion according to the word that is used there. It was a show of utter desperation. I don't know if this man sensed something, if he realized that this may be his only chance, this may be his last chance. I don't know what it was that urged him to step over that line and cross into that emotional outburst that most people would be be quick to silence and it's in most churches that that kind of thing would not be allowed they would come tap on your shoulder and say come come with me we 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 don't do that here in this church but I've come to tell somebody when you get desperate enough and you get hungry enough and when you realize that this may be my only chance, I'm not going to let it pass me by. No, sir. Hallelujah. And so Jesus stopped and the blind man found his healing that day. And what a great miracle that was done. And the Bible says that he followed him. He became a follower. It tells something about this blind man that you and I need to understand and that is that God is moved when we are moved. When we are moved, then God is moved and nothing Nothing would stop him. No one was going to take from him his chance to escape the blindness, to escape this dark world in which he lived. And he did not care what anybody thought or said. All that he knew was that he had to get the attention of this one who could make a difference in his life. And so he refused to be restrained. And that sheer persistence, that determination is what got him where he needed to go. He wanted what he didn't have. I said he wanted what he didn't have. And he would not be quiet until he got it. I wonder what would happen in this place today if we really wanted something that we don't have today and we wanted it bad enough that we would just keep crying, we would keep yelling, we would keep praising, we would keep worshiping, we would keep reaching. So here's what a blind man knows that you and I need to learn. Number one, the Bible indicates that he was waiting. He was there already. He was there ahead of time. He did not know that Jesus was coming that day, but he came there anyway, hoping that somebody might come by and help him. Let me tell you something about your life and mine. And that is that you're never going to get anything that you need from God if you don't learn how to position yourself for that to happen. 
If you don't learn how to put yourself in a place where that kind of thing can happen, you are going to miss God's greatest blessings and miracle in your life. You're not ever going to see a miracle in your life if you don't show up. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You're never going to see those things that God wants to do happen in your life if you don't show up. I don't know how long he had been showing up, but he kept showing up. Sometimes you have to go through seasons where nothing happens in your life but the faithfulness of waiting. I'm waiting. God's going to come by my way. Something good's going to happen. And I've just told God I'm not moving. I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere until I get my miracle. I'm going to keep sitting on this pew. I'm going to keep coming into this church. I'm going to keep worshiping with everybody else until something happens. Until he comes by. Some people want to lay at home and lay around in their easy chair and wait for God to come and do something wonderful in their life. And God said, hey, I've got others that have been waiting on me. I'm getting to that man that's been waiting on me. I'm going to go for that man who has been waiting, waiting for me. second thing he teaches us is that it doesn't matter what the obstacles are you have to have the grit to overcome them sometimes the obstacles are your own body well brother Hughes I don't feel like it today neither do I But I made up my mind this morning. I wasn't going to let my feelings determine what God could do for me today. I wasn't going to let what my body's been telling me to dictate what God said I could do in your life. That's why I showed back up today. That's why I came anyway. I came wounded. I came hurt. I came limping. I came hurting. But I came anyway. Some people get a hangnail. My Lord, you'd think they they were having major heart surgery. Brother Hughes, I, I, I'm sorry I'm not going to make it today. Well, what's going on? Well, I tore the nail on my pinky. And it hurts. I'm exaggerating. I'm being facetious right now. Please forgive me. But I'm trying to make a point. I'm trying to help you understand that miracles happen for those who show up and keep showing up. Well, Brother Hughes, I've been coming for a few weeks and nothing's happened. We'll come on for a few more weeks. 
Because I promise you somewhere down the road, he's going to come your way. Somewhere down the road, he's going to show up where you're at. Somewhere down the road, he's going to come for the waiting. He's always come for the waiting. He's always had time for those who were willing to wait on him. Hallelujah. He had no helpers. He had no helpers. That means there was nobody around him encouraging him. Now, you can't say that today because this house is full of worshipers. This whole atmosphere today has been electric because there's worship going up everywhere. So you can't say, I don't have any helpers. There's people, the whole worship team up here was trying to help you. They were encouraging you. They were nurturing. But this man didn't have anybody. As a matter of fact, everybody that was around him was trying to shut him down. I've been in a few places that tried to shut me down. Oh, I don't want to go there. Lord, help me. Help me back up and retract this thing. I better get back to my word. Somebody said he had no helpers. Sometimes you have to have the grit and the determination that whether you have help or not, I'm going to get to where I need to be so I can get what I need to have. Yeah. That means you may not even have a spouse that's helping you out right now. But sometimes you have to go on anyway. You have to go anyway. You have to make up your mind. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be faithful. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to keep waiting. God... God's going to help the one who waits. Amen. And sometimes you just have to have the gut uh, fortitude, to the want to. Everybody say the want to. The want to. That's what the devil's after in your life, your want to. Because if he can get your want to, You'll, you'll, you'll dry up and die right where you are in your mess and in your, your problem and in your distress and in your discouragement. If he can take away your want to, he can take away that desire that's on the, the inside of you that, that keeps you saying, you know what? I, I, I haven't gotten it yet, but it's coming. I, I know it's not happened, but I know it's going to happen. I know what the word declared and that's what I'm going to stand on. I, the word does not lie. It does not tell a lie. So that word spoke to me and that word is what I'm standing on. So with no helpers, he still got what he needed. But this is what I really want to focus on. This is what a blind man can teach us. That he didn't allow what he couldn't do affect what he could do. He couldn't see him. But he did hear. And so he allowed his hearing 
to aid him in what his seeing could not do. He heard something. And what he heard trumped what he couldn't see. Sometimes we are the people who allow our in our limitations to limit us thinking that because we have a limitation that God cannot do something in our life when the truth is you have to use what you do have to get what you don't have. Sometimes you've got to use something that you have that I feel got to get what I don't have. Do you know there's a victory sometimes in just breaking loose? You don't you don't believe that? Okay, okay. I was just making sure. I I didn't know if I if you're afraid to answer me because you're afraid it's a trick question. But that is the number one problem in most people's lives, including myself, is that we allow what we can't do to affect what we can do. I can't see, but I heard him. And so I'm going to use my ears until I can get what my eyes need. I'm going to use my ears until I get my sight back. Sometimes we are where we are because we become victims. Somebody has written a book stating that the number one crisis in the world and America right now is victimhood. And I believe that. We have this idea that because we came up in a bad area or we have a certain stigma on our life that we are limited, that we are put inside a box and we allow those limitations to determine the, the circumference of our life when the truth is there are other resources that I have at my disposal that can help me until I get what I need. I may not have my sight right now, but I have my ears and I have my feet and I have my hands and I have my voice and so I'm going to use those things that I have until I get what I don't have. When you can't see him but I can hear him. What is this? What's going on? What's happening? What's this crowd? What's this noise? What's this I'm hearing? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's all he needed to know is that Jesus was coming. That's all he needed to help him 
They say, well, you can't do anything about it because you're blind. I'm just telling you, I'm not going to let my blindness uh, stop my hands from working. I'm not going to let my blindness stop my feet from working. I'm not going to let my blindness stop my mouth from working. People get trapped in their life by those things that they can't do. You know, I have convinced myself that I can't run. I got a bum knee. Really? Really, I'm not whining. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm going to have to have surgery on it. Maybe knee replacement. I don't know. And so every time I come in here and it starts moving, there's something in me that wants to. But my mind's telling me, You're, you got a bad knee. You can't do that. You got this problem. You can't do that. You've got this issue in your life. You can't do that. You sinned. You can't do that. You failed. You can't do that. And this morning I made up my mind. I'm not going to let my bum me stop me from doing what I can do. And this is what I found out. That when I started using what I had, it enabled me to use what I couldn't do. It enabled me to do what I have not been able to do. Why? Because you use what you've got to get what you don't have. What is it that you need today? What is it that you want today? Start using what you got. Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Some of you need to start using your hands because you still have your hands. Some of you need to start using your feet because you still have your feet. Some of you need to start using your mouth because you still have your voice. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is passing your way. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Holy Ghost, Spirit of God, the living God. Come on, stand with me. Oh, mighty God. 
mighty God. Oh, mighty God. Oh, mighty God. Oh, mighty God. Oh, mighty God. Mighty God. Hallelujah. 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 Some of you have let your limitations draw lines around you that God never intended to be drawn around you. You have this this invisible field around you that your mind has erected that said... This, this is my life. Failure, mistakes, sin, just repeating it over and over. I just, I just go in circles in this little world. My limitations. You're, you're a failure. You'll never live for God. You'll never be able to serve the Lord. You'll never You'll never overcome that sin, that failure. You'll never get beyond that mistake in your life. You'll never outlive that moment. You'll never overcome that problem. You'll never. And so we let our mind draw this circle around our life. And so we stay trapped in this world of limitation of what we can't do. Brother Hughes, I can't. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how. Oh, yes, you do know how. You've just let what you can't speak so loudly in your life that you're unable to hear what your body and your mind and your spirit is telling you you can do. You can break out of that shell. You can get out of that circle. You can get past that limitation. You can overcome that failure. You can rise up again. You can shout again in victory. What do you want from him today? I said, what do you want from him today? He's passing by. Oh, would you let your want to out today? Would you let your want to cry? Oh, God. Somebody in this house today is about to experience a miracle in your life and in your family because the Lord has seen you waiting. He's seen you waiting. He's seen your faithfulness. He's seen you come when you didn't feel like it, when you couldn't get up hardly. You came anyway. He saw you when you crawl out of bed so overwhelmed with the burden and so overwhelmed with discouragement. But you got out of bed and you put your feet under you and you rose up and you came back again. God has seen your waiting. And he's by, he's passing by. He's passing by. He's, I said he's passing by. In this building, he's passing by right now. He's passing. What do you want? What is it that you need in your life? God. 
Cry out. Use your voice. Use your hands. Use your feet. Use your mouth. Oh, yes. Jesus, the Son of David, have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Come on. Come on. Don't let your limitation put a put a line, put a put a, a, a circle around your life and bind you up by it. 